0: Aloha. I am so happy to have Phyllis with us here today on our discussions that we have about grief and happiness. And Phyllis, would you like to tell us a little bit about you?
1: Sure. Uh, Aloha, everyone. Uh, My name is Phyllis Johnson. I'm originally from Northern California. I currently live in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, I own my own accounting and consulting business, PKJ Consulting. And um, I have a 12-year-old daughter. And in my free time when I'm not working, I I'm a travel addict, um, <laughs> so I go a lot of cruises and anywhere where it's warm. Um, I also enjoy reading a good book, meditation, and relaxing when I can. Oh, sounds like a good life.
0: Well, when your travels take you to Maui, be sure to look me up. I enjoy getting to meet people I've talked to. <laughs>
1: she went to uh, Hawaii three times this past summer. For the first time, I went one wow. time. Yeah, it, I went one time, then I ended up literally going. I went June, July, and August. But, uh, yeah, it was beautiful, beautiful. So, um, didn't go to Maui, but, yeah, that was on the oh. <laughs> Gotta
0: come to Maui. Maui's different That where you are at... at um, Halu, Halu, yes. Or, yes. Yeah.
1: And I actually had a trip to Maui in August. And I think oh I think when I was gonna go, it was raining out there. So I just ended up on uh Waikiki Beach. So yeah.
0: You know, that's that was really rare. You got us like the week it was raining yeah. <laughs> in the last quite a few months. Yes. So. <laughs> and actually when it's raining here, it's still still gorgeous because yeah. it's not that that uh cool and it's, it's just, it's beautiful here all the time. I really love it here. It is. It is. So tell us about your experience with grief and happiness.
1: Sure. So um, as I was sharing with you via email, so two, almost two years ago, March, 2019, my mother, I was on the plane, about to get on a plane to go to the Bahamas for a friend's wedding. And I was informed that my mother was in the hospital with kidney failure. And it was 20 minutes before I was getting on the plane. So it was one of those, you know, what do I do type situations. Um, She lived in Oakland, California. So, you know, it wasn't a right next door situation. And um, I ended up still going, but, you know, came back and we went up there. And so over the course of a year and a half, it was kidney failure. Um, And then November of 2019, found out that she had ovarian cancer. And then I ended up flying up there. For her surgery, the cancer had spread way more than they thought. And they didn't realize that until she was in surgery. Um, and so when she got out, she couldn't walk. She had to stay in the hospital and then COVID hit. Um, and then we found out that she, kept, so she was getting better. Everything was great. Um, she had a lot of very, 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 like a lot of friends coming to visit her. She was in a hospital in San Francisco and right across the bridge is Oakland, but it's so it's not really that far, but it's still, if you've ever lived in the Bay Area um, and experienced the traffic, it it's further than it seems in that 20 minutes. Um, most of her friends were older. And so when COVID hit, all of a sudden everyone stopped visiting her. And so she never really understood COVID um, because she was. At home. Um, and so it was a whole year and a half of me still trying to run my business while going back and forth trying to take care of her, making decisions at two o'clock in the morning of whether they should put a stent by her heart or, you know, not a doctor, you know, making all these life decisions, working from the hospital while talking to clients. And I'm a very private person. So she ended up getting an infection. Let's say like around June or July, and she just refused to go back to the hospital. And so she just decided that she didn't want to do chemo and dialysis. So she had to do, she was already on dialysis, which, and then she has to also do chemo. She said no. And so in August of 2020, she ended up passing away. Uh, I, I certainly can relate to that with having both of my
0: husbands being on dialysis and all that entails before they died.
1: <sighs> yeah. And my father was on dialysis too. So he oh, had, wow. kids. yeah. So, you know, for me, my father passed when I was 20, um, 2021, turned, like literally a week for my 21st birthday. And so my mother, I just turned 40 this April. So it's to have two parents and I'm only 40 are gone. And then also both my grandparents on both sides are gone. So to really have her as the last living, you know, older person in my family has been very life- revealing. And, you know, it's kind of a journey that I've been going on, but at the same time, you know, still had to run my business, still had to raise my daughter, still had to keep everything together during that process.
0: How old's your daughter now? She's 12.
1: 12. Oh, that's such a special age. Lots of, lots of changes going on. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. And trying to, you know, she was at home during COVID. So, you know, making sure that We stayed on top of her school and education and all that fun stuff while, you know, going literally going back. I mean, I was going back and forth to the Bay Area, trying to convince her to come down here and stay with me in Las Vegas. She didn't want, she refused. She just wanted to, you know, when you get older, you want to die where you want, you know, you want to be where you want to be. So, but I was up there way more than anybody ever really knew because I would just kind of hop on a plane and go and stay up there for as long as possible and come right back. so. So...
0: It wasn't that long ago that she she passed. How do you feel now
1: as far as do you feel happy? Do you so that's a great question. Um, you know, what's interesting is in so August 2021, of course, was her, you know, year anniversary. And so even all to that time, um, I also was going through a failing relationship during that time, you know, which ultimately failed, which is a blessing. And on the anniversary of her birth, of her passing, I, you know, um, started realizing what is my life going to look like now? And, you know, I kind of sat back and really became, you know, I'm a very strong person, (laughs) very tough. I don't complain. I don't cry. People very rarely see me emotional. And it just hit me like I, my whole life is going to be different now, you know, where holidays are different. Mother days are different. You know, all these holidays, my whole life is now Different because choices that I make, I'm no longer having to, you know, I used to like for two years or even probably about five or six years because she had experienced my arthritis and she had to learn how to walk. So it was a whole five year period of waiting for someone to pass away. And unless you went through that, people, it's hard to explain to people, but you are always waiting for that phone call, you know. And I think it just finally hit me in October, which is actually where I started to realize like, okay, I'm okay with her passing and not a joy, but just a peaceful understanding of a relief that I felt that somehow the journey's over. And when you're trying to explain that to people who don't understand it, it sounds like a little bit like, oh, you're happy. I'm like, not happy, but I'm okay with the journey being over. You know, I did everything possible to help her live as long as she humanly possibly wanted was she wanted to quit. I know, I remember I never yelled at her during the process, but that was the only time when she just wouldn't, you know, she just didn't want to do it anymore. And I'm like, well, we could just do this. And if you just eat and you just do this. And she's like, I don't want to. And, you know, so understanding that that journey is over and I can now do things without worrying about if I'm going to get that phone call or, you know, should I be doing this instead of that? Or what about family members and how, you know, all these different things that you worry about while going through that journey, I'm realizing like, okay, my life is now going to be different. What do I want my next five, 10 years to look like? So not so much of a happiness, but a relief, you know, honestly, I've gotten to the point where a relief that that journey is over. Cause the last year has been through, it's been a process, you know, um, for anyone who's had parents pass at a young age, you know, I went through sad, which, you know, I still get sad. I get sad. And then being around people who are older than me and both their parents are alive and you kind of get like, I don't want to hear about your, you know, a little bit, not anger so much, but really like, you know, you're in your fifties and sixties and both of your parents are alive. Lucky you, you know? And so I went through that mental thing of like, okay, well, these are the cards I was dealt and let me find the positivity in those cards. So I
0: like how you express this positively about the, the kind of relief and it's, it's okay to feel that relief. It's, it's actually kind of wonderful when you recognize that relief and it doesn't mean you're not grieving. It doesn't mean you don't miss them. It just means that it's okay. Everything's okay. Yes. How has this uh, affected your
1: relationship with your daughter? It's made us stronger, you know, because explaining, you know, she is very much introvert like myself. And so having to have those discussions with her as far as like, Hey, you know, let's go see grandma and trying to make those decisions. of Do I take her to the hospital? Is she going to understand? You know, at some point my mom had like Thanksgiving, her last Thanksgiving, she was in the hospital and she had tubes down her throat and it was, well, does she, does she want to go? Does she not? And, you know, so I was just me and my mom were there by myself and we were, you know, she was writing notes and we were making jokes about how she should learn more, code, you know, just, you know, or sign language and, um, and so with my daughter, it's been a bonding experience. And it's also just recently sitting down with her and having a conversation of what do you want to do for Christmas? What do you want to do for Thanksgiving? Um, and, and being open to have those conversations about, you know, recently she shared that she was happy that I kind of had her come with me more than she may have wanted to, cause she didn't really understand, but she's like, now I have memories a grandma of when we used to drum together and we used to bake together we used to you know cook together about three months from my mom passed i sent my daughter up there she sat up there for almost a month you know because you don't get the you know once they're gone that woulda coulda shoulda so it was like mm-hmm. you know you're gonna go have fun yes it's gonna be different because me mom i'm up running around and you know grandma can't walk but also it taught her empathy you know, it taught her more patience, to be empathy, to understand that just because someone can't do the same thing as you, there's always going to be things that you're going to learn that I can't teach you. So it's brought us closer in conversation. And, you know, she's had to grow up a little bit, unfortunately, because of the situation, you know, because she doesn't have grandma, grandpa, you know, and me trying to process what that looks like her other grandmother um, and grandfather, they're in Michigan, so it's not like they're close or anything like that either.
0: Yeah, it's always interesting when you have kids because they're they're going to react differently. My my son and daughter were in high school when their grandparents died, and it was, or actually, their grandmother died after they were in college, so they had a, a different perspective on life at that point. But I know it helped me to to talk to them whenever I could about what was happening and encourage them to express their feelings. Yes. And you you brought up Thanksgiving and Christmas and with those things being right around the corner from us now, what do you think that you'll do differently to to brighten those celebrations and keep them positive if
1: you can? So part of my self journey, you know, my I have a sister who's less than two years older than me. And this process has, we, I think we were very different. And so during the process, we came together. And last year, you know, after my mom passed me, her and our, she has one, she has $2. And then, you know, we all went and traveled together. And then recently we've just stopped talking. And, you know, when I went to have a conversation with her, we have two different views. And what's interesting is, you know, is that, when my mom, by the time my mom was older, we weren't, she wasn't, it wasn't a mother-daughter relationship. It was a friends. you know, it was, I'm talking to her every Sunday and we're having conversations. It wasn't so much of her mothering me. It's all, I was almost almost the mother. I didn't really need her for anything. She was like a best friend to me. Um, whereas my sister was still living, you know, maybe two miles away from her. And there was a need to steal. And so when my mother passed, we processed it differently. So I just, you know, realized like, okay, we're probably not going to be spending the holidays together like we used to, you know, and it's interesting that you asked me this question because, you know, it was making me sad because, you know, I have all these friends here who are like, yeah, come here for Thanksgiving and come here. And I'm like, we're the only loser without, parents. you know, it's like, I'm the only loser without parents and, you know, Thanksgiving is family time, you know? And so I was like, ah. <laughs> well, I'd rather just sit in the corner somewhere. I don't want to be the friend that comes over because I don't have parents, you know? And I went through that Journey um, until I went to a friend's house two days ago, who had invited me, and I was, you know, expressing to her, I'm like, you know, thank you for inviting me, but giving family time. And then she said to me, she's like, no, I'm inviting everybody. I'm inviting, you know, you're not the only person. You know, I'm inviting this friend and you know this person, this person, and I'm turning the whole garage into this. And Lexi, that's my daughter. You know, we're gonna Lexi's. Um, we're gonna put the video games in there, and she just. I love her because she was expressing that she, she understands, you know, and she's a really close friend of mine. So she knew what that was. And she's like, I'm inviting all friends, all family, because I really do want you and your daughter and everyone else who doesn't have the luxury of having parents or people who are out of town or people who don't live close to each other anymore. You know, so all of this, so it was like, okay, this is, you know, we're going to do that for Thanksgiving. Um, and then my daughter said for Christmas, she wants to go ice skating. So we're gonna I'm gonna take every year as it comes and work on it and build as we can. That sounds great. Establishing
0: new traditions and special things with your daughter will be a great thing to do. I know uh, we moved here to Maui two years before Ron died. And so I didn't have any relatives here at that time. And I had made some really good friends in the short time I'd been here, but there weren't a lot of them. Most of them did have plenty of relatives here. So I was kind of in a quandary about what to do about Thanksgiving. So I decided that I would do... I didn't coin this term. I've heard it a lot in the last couple of years, but I would do Friendsgiving instead on a different day. So until the pandemic on the Monday before Thanksgiving, everybody knew it was time to come to my house and have Friendsgiving. And it was was so much fun. We have lots of musician friends, and they bring a keyboard or just sing and do all these... They're really fabulous musicians, so... (laughs) It was great to just be able to sit outside and have good music, and, and everybody brought something special to eat, and we just celebrating being friends with each other, and some of the people hadn't met some of the other people, so they all kind of started getting new friends as well as connecting with old friends, and it was just so much fun. I've, I've really missed that the last couple of years, so yes, um, yes. I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen this time. I haven't quite decided yet because we... It, you know, as soon as we got good, we got bad again here in Hawaii. So yes, <laughs> not sure I'm quite ready to do that, but. And
1: that's what makes it hard because, you know, so my daughter, she goes between and her father, he's, a really so she goes, we switch holidays and with COVID, it's, it's like, you just don't know because I mean, one Christmas, she and I went on a cruise together. She, Christmas is her favorite holiday. So she has a Christmas tree in her bedroom year round. So <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's so it's like, yeah, you know, what you're saying is accurate. It's like with COVID, it's you know, it's kind of it's different. It's like planning is like, okay, well, are these people gonna feel like this way or do we, you know, it's not the same. So hopefully as time goes on, because it would make it a lot easier for planning. Um, you know, because when I was in college, you get a friends giving as well, and it was just fun. And I was like, you know, friends get together on holidays, you know, so people don't, you know, now travel is prices are going increasingly higher again so people probably aren't going to travel as much so I think friendsgiving is a great idea I'm still have to
0: decide <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: I've got a week or yeah. so you know?
0: yeah, maybe, maybe next year <laughs> yeah it will be at least at least we can still I'm, I'm so grateful for things like zoom yes. for being able to stay in contact with people that you wouldn't have others otherwise like for instance my sister died a year ago this month mm-hmm. and she was on the mainland she didn't die of COVID but she wasn't able to have a traditional funeral I wasn't able to go over there because at, at the time that she died the, there were heavy restrictions on on movement and her her family was uh, that the were there were able to put on a really lovely service on Zoom and so there was at least something Yeah. But it kind of, it's kind of not the same. We had that situation with my mom's passing with her funeral. It
1: was everything that could go wrong, went wrong, but you know, we still did it. So, you know, before she passed, I paid for the funeral ranges. It was a, you know, we, she had two weeks. And so on the day of the week leading up to her funeral in the Bay area, it was one of the worst, fires of like mm. the, you know, and the, that's, I don't know if, you know, I'm sure if you think back, but the, the skies were orange. Like oh yeah. I remember that. Orange. Um, and it was, so the day of her, you know, and most of her friends were in her seventies, eighties, you know? <laughs> and so the day of her funeral, it's, you know, she had, she was in a drumming circle. The air quality was too bad for them to drum. And then, you know, the pastor, he just got, he was sick. So he didn't know if he was going to show up and it was, it was just, and You know, it was one of those things where at the time it was I'm trying to be understanding, you know, but at the same time, I'm also like you guys have been some of you have been friends with my mom before, even before I was even thought about. So it was like trying to not be angry, but also being angry, you know, I'm like, Just put on a face mask and go, you know, I, you know, but you can't be selfish, but still, you know, and so trying to deal with that process, um, you know, and he's people did show up and people that. It was a beautiful funeral just because people shared things that I had no clue about. They talked about this school that my mom had opened, which I had never knew about. One of my, um, yeah, she opened up a whole, a whole entire school that's still open to this day. And so the kids there drew like, you know, these little things that she opened it with my dad. So they did it together. And I'm like, so it was beautiful listening to those stories. I had a friend that I've known since seventh grade. She talked about how much my mom inspired her. It's so It was beautiful. We also were able to do it on Zoom. So for those who couldn't attend, you know, they did. And then one of her friends ended up having, like, something at her house later on. And so I had to make peace with, you know, people not coming because it was like, well, you've known her forever, you know. But if it's a fire and the air quality is bad and there's COVID, it's like, what, what, you know, what can you do, you know. So definitely understand the Zoom funeral situation. yeah.
0: I've, I've learned one thing with with uh, talking all of the people that I've talked to that it's really kind of a good idea if you get an opportunity to if you're the one who's who's uh, having health challenges to make your own arrangements ahead of time and take that burden off your family
1: and have things be the way you want them to be. So my mom was a butterfly. I call her my butterfly because. You know, whereas me, I am I'm an accountant by trade. So I'm numbers, detail, planning. You know, my daughter graduates six years. I'm already like, okay, what am I gonna do? I'm moving to Jamaica. I'm like that type of person. My mom, she would talk on the phone with you for six hours straight. The second I would mention, hey, you know, um, sign power of attorney for me. Was, she would, I can't do this anymore. I can't, my, my throat, I can't talk, and she would go like she would hang up. I don't she I don't think she ever made peace, which is one I wish she would have. I don't think she made peace with her passing. So I could talk to her about everything. And it was like, you know, hey, I need this information to make my life easier. What colors do you want? You know, and we talked about when she passed, she wanted a party. And that was what broke our hearts. We can't party during that time. She wanted a party. I knew she wanted to be cremated, but everything else, you know, when she got to the point where she couldn't talk. I had to like break into her bank account to figure out what's the funds and what's this. I changed the address, which even to this day changed the uh, address so that all her bills and everything was coming here. And I still get stuck to this day. And sometimes I'm looking at things and I'm like, like in uh, the energy bill and it's like, she's not even living anymore. So whoever's living in that house and I get irritated and I, right. You know, it's like, I had someone come bang on my door probably a couple months ago and the lady was asking for my mom. And I'm like, I was taking a nap, so I was, you know, extremely tired. And I'm like, well, she's she's dead. And the lady just was like, oh, you're lying to me. And, da, da, da. and I'm like, who? So I grabbed my mom's urn and I'm like, all right, we'll put the document on, on here. And the lady like, look, and I'm like, you know, and I guess she was just doing her job. And I'm, but I, and I'm sure people do lie, but I don't know if they lie about that. And so you still have this lingering even after it's done. So I, my mom, she just, she never, she never, yeah, she just wouldn't. <laughs> so we had to figure it out afterwards.
0: But I, I think things like that can be a lesson to the rest of us that that's not helpful <laughs> when things like that happen. my It was interesting with my mom and dad because my, my dad died suddenly. He'd had health challenges on and off, but nobody was expecting him to just die. Yeah. And so mom was kind of taken aback with all that she had to do and all that she didn't know. And she, she managed it pretty well, but one of the first things she did was go to, when, when she made the arrangements for him, she also made arrangements for her at, at the same place right. and paid the, the insurance that you can do in advance and had all that taken care of. And these people knew my mom because they, they were in businesses that did business together, and, and they'd known them for years, so it's not like mom was a, a stranger to them. And then mom ended up getting a brain tumor, an inoperable brain tumor, so that she, sometimes she was perfectly lucid and other times she was someplace else. And it was it was very interesting to watch what she was going through. And I, I really was taking care of her for the last couple of years of her life, not realizing and not even thinking about taking care of bills, taking care of other things. And when, when I started dawning on me, all these things, I started uh, while she was still there, but she, she really couldn't answer questions. But I, I was able to work most of those things out. And then when it came time for her funeral and my sister and I went down and made arrangements, they said, well, you don't have to worry about anything because she, she wants all of this that she had written down. Uh, she already paid for it with her insurance. And I said, great. And a couple months later, I got a letter and a check from the funeral home because in their researching, they discovered that she had done the same thing twice. The second time, apparently, when she was not quite altogether there and they knew her, her name was on the files. They should have known better, but they accepted the money. They didn't have to tell me because I never would have known. Never known, but... I I thought, gee, that's just, you know, you think you're doing business with people that are really ethical. And I guess they were ethical ultimately because they refunded it, but they shouldn't have taken it in the first place and they should have discovered that a long time before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it was a welcoming gift, you know, I mean, you know, no matter what the thought, you know, it's like she, no matter what her mindset was, she was going to help you in the end. So that's a good
0: thing. Yeah, there's there's so many things to do and and not to do. It makes me think, gee, I should I should write a book, what not to do yes. <laughs> when <laughs> getting ready for um, a, a transition. Yes. Oh, but also, you know, there's there's things about what do to do. But really, people, it's like with the work that I do with uh, my podcast, the the books that I've written, the blog that I have, all all the the uh, Grief and Happiness Alliance that that I have that meets every week on Zoom for people to get together and write and learn happiness practices. It's it's really cool, and I'm doing all this stuff, and I I have such a challenge with a lot of people with even talking about what I'm doing because they just Go to the next subject as fast as they can. They don't want to deal with it. They don't want to talk about it. And then uh, they'll get in a situation and say, why didn't anybody ever tell me that I needed to have a durable power of attorney for health care? You know, yeah. they don't even know what that is. And yeah. everybody needs everybody listening today. If you don't have one yet, get it now.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got lucky because I think for me, I was going up there so much that the doctors got to know me. They knew who to call, you know, even though I was in Vegas, they, so I, you know, and then when she couldn't talk anymore, she finally was writing down passwords and stuff, you know, so oh, that's it good. was when she, her back was against the wall and she couldn't tell me, no, <laughs> that it was like, here's the information, but you know, it helps to plan for these things. I also can understand why a person wouldn't, um, uh, because I'm admin by nature. It was like, okay you know, kind of like check, type checklist thing, but if you're not that type of person, it will overwhelm you mentally, emotionally, you know, emotionally. And, and it did because you're, you know, looking in and also trying to deal with that person, which is why, you know, I ended up changing the address because she would get the medical bills and she would break down because, you know, oh, it's costing me them a million dollars to keep me alive. And I'm like, yeah, you've been paying health insurance all your life. This is good. Let's get, you know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. it was like, let's not focus on those things. So it's a it's a process, and you know, fortunately, I was the person to do that process. I mean, in essence, you want to go before your parents should go before you. So I am lucky to be able to have gone through that process. But it definitely taught me. It taught me empathy. It taught me to be sympathetic. It taught me when someone's sharing what they have going on, it's like you know, it's like I know I've been there, so I can understand why your mind is fuzzy right now, because you're thinking about this, this, you know, I look back and I'm like, you know, my business flourished during that time, which is great because I'm an accountant and I do taxes and I do accounting and bookkeeping. So, you know, COVID happened and all of these businesses needed me. And so I didn't say no because my mom's sick. It was yes because my mom's sick and I need to pay these medical bills, or I need to buy this bed that's you know two three thousand dollars, and I need to buy these plane tickets, and I need to buy this. So I just said yes to everything, and um, I never said maybe two of my clients that I ever really told you know like hey I'm at the hospital I just can't do this one thing right now. And you know, one of them she does spiritual courses, healing and things of that nature. And she was just really gracious. Other one, not so empathetic and, you know, which totally understand you sneak at your stuff, but what was interesting, I ended up deciding to, you know, no longer work with her. And it was just years of, you know, that was kind of like a last straw for my, for me. And I remember two months later, she emailed me because her mother-in-law had passed away and she said, I understand. And, you know, so it was nice to, you know, for her to even decide to do that, you know, but because you, people don't, un, don't know the process until they go through the process and even, like, it's hard to explain unless you've done it and everyone's going to do it differently. And that's what I've learned. I learned everyone's going to do it differently and I'm, you know, lucky one to still be able to do it and maintain some of those things the process. <laughs> wow.
0: So, um, Well, you've given uh, all of us a a lot to think about. And I I hope people will take seriously the idea of of pre-planning what you want and helping out your loved ones by letting somebody know where those passwords are and the other things that are really essential, but which insurance policies you have and have that durable power of attorney for healthcare and, and a regular durable power of attorney too. I know the one for durable power of attorney for healthcare, you can get for free online and just have it notarized or witnessed by two people. And then it's absolutely legally valid. And that way your wishes can be carried out and there's no question about it. And that's, that's really, really important. And you might not want to think about it, but I can tell you, you'll feel better about having it done and not having, not having to think about it until the the need arises. True very true so thank you very much for joining us today i i really enjoyed talking with you and we'll uh, be back again next week with another podcast from grief and happiness and thank you so much for listening thank you for having me appreciate it oh grateful to have you here do you want more comfort support and happiness join the grief and happiness alliance